Welcome, apprentices and acolytes to Unlock Their Knowledge, the podcast heard all around the galaxy. And today we got a lot to talk about, including Andor in the first three episodes and James Earl Jones retiring from Darth Vader. Ready up. Ready up. My destiny. Yo, friends, apprentices, and acolytes, you know it's about that time. Coming in from the Dark Temple. Visited by Mera Jade, Luke Skywalker, and Kyle Katarn, and so many other Force sensitives like yourself. I am Lord Dagavir, and it's time to talk some Star Wars because the first three episodes of Andor have been seen. Everybody knows what's going on, and I gotta say, fam, I think there's a lot of people that are probably scratching their heads right now because I think it's the most unique foreign Star Wars that we've ever had before. And trust me, it's not. This is this isn't negativity that I'm saying. I think that for all of us, it's different to see. For someone that has been reading the books in the comics and just about absorbing every single individual piece of Star Wars, from animation to live action to the expanded universe, I am very used to novels and books being like this. This two stories that are kind of intertwining, connecting, reaching a certain point until you kind of see the similes in them, right? And that's the beautiful thing about this specific series, because I personally think that this is probably the most well-written Star Wars that I've ever seen, at least in this Disney era. Like, I'm talking about flawless. Like, there was not a single piece of dialogue that I cringed to or anything. Like, everything that was speaking, the words were so true, and they were so impactful. I can say, though, I felt like there was nothing in it. This, and, and, and I mean by that is, like, there isn't any major, crazy, side-bending, like, hook-line-and-sinker wow factor of Easter eggs. You know, you see that in The Mandalorian, you see that in uh, Kenobi, even. You see that in Book of Boba Fett. Every single piece of Star Wars, I feel like, in live-action, the Disney era, has given us a kind of wow factor. I mean, even the movies, like, the, you know, Rogue One, you know, with the uh, CGI of Leia and, and Tarkin, you know, there's a lot of really cool stuff. Or the Darth Vader scene, right? This is a self-sustaining story, and that's being supplied and supported all in itself. Nothing else. Yes, it does have a connection to Rogue One, of course, and there are, are obviously, like, obviously like an over-lingering story arc that we have that's connected to the, like, the main episodes of 4, 5, and 6, which is the Empire and the Rebellion and things like that. And yes, there are some tiny little Easter eggs here and there for everyone that's been in the Expanded Universe and the video games for a long time, but to the very casual fan base, there isn't. There just isn't, and I don't think that's a bad thing at all. It's just incredible to see this type of Star Wars see the light of day. I feel like we're in a new era of Star Wars where almost anything can happen, and I will never forget the day I watched episode two, sorry, episode one of season two of The Mandalorian, where Cobb Vanth, an expanded universe character that only saw life in a couple pages of an entire trilogy is put into a live action and is now one of the most liked characters in all Star Wars with Din Djarin and Cobb Vanth. It's so cool to see the dynamic now. I don't know how good Andor is going to be. I'm not sure how many seasons that we're going to get, but the last episode, the third episode of Andor, 
was amazing. It was so well done. Uh, the CGI is incredible. It literally looks like it's from the movies. Every single set piece in in this show is insanely high quality. Like, absolutely insane. I'm watching Rings of Power and uh, House of Dragons, right? And when I watch them, I'm just like, wow, okay, these sets are really good. I love Rings of Power sets. Like, I, oh my god, I think when I'm watching Rings of Power, I'm just like, wow, this is insane. They like, like, it's almost as if, like, it's too good. Uh, honestly, I feel like for the set pieces that they have. And then I watched Andor, and the way that, I don't know if they had the volume there from the Mandalorian and what Kenobi is used, but it just seems like there's just so much happening, so many layers where B2 Emo the droid is like walking up to where Cassian is in his like junkyard ship. And it gives you this beautiful grand overview of the landscape that's there, and it's, you know, it's a bunch of drunk junk, like just trash all over the place, metal on metal from ages of the, you know, the old Republic and the Empire and everything else that's there from the, just from the whole entire galaxy of Star Wars. And then, I guess you could say, beyond those layers is like the outskirts of the planet um, outside the corporate city. And... It was just such a beautiful layer of ambience together, just sandwiched in to give us the experience. Uh, man, it's it was insane, and every single shot is like that. Like I I don't I don't think that there there isn't a single shot that's like that in the like that's that's like lower quality in Star Wars. Like it is insane, man. It is absolutely insane. like I'm I've I think I've watched it like. I think I've watched the episodes three or four times. Even the first episode, which was very slow, very it's a very slow burn, right? And that's another thing I think we have to get used to is like the pace is very slow. It's not something where we're just gonna get in like the Mandalorian, pa 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 pow. And even even in those episodes of the Mandalorian where people say like, well, you know, nothing's happening. No, stuff does happen. It's just not what they want. It's not as fast as they want. It may not be a, I don't know, I don't know what what. Uh, what the, the main excuse essentially is that you know it's filler there's nothing important happened but i don't really know how much tv a lot of these people are saying that because there's like there's like the sopranos and all these other shows where there's just like episodes on episodes of dialogue and pieces inside the universe that help add to the to the story yeah sure maybe not everything is going directly to the story and it's strictly for entertainment and you know just to kind of waste a couple minutes or two but at the end of the day, too, I, I, I really feel like a story like this is, like, really setting you into the universe, especially with this pre-corp planet. Like, when Cassian is, is walking down and and you see the lights, like, the lights gave me so much reminiscent of Tron Legacy and Tron Uprising, the animation, and the, this, the music as well. It just it set the tone for what this was going to be. The rain... The, the dimly lit bridge that he's walking across of, and then he goes into, of course, the brothel, which was hilarious to see inside Star Wars. And there has been versions of brothels, but not so obvious, if that makes any sense. Like, where he was going, there's so many planets in Star Wars, uh, like Nar Shadda, obviously, in the expanded universe. Uh, but then, of course, <laughs> like, I think in the first episode of The Mandalorian, where he gets his, his bounty, uh, and Grief Karga tells Din Djarin, like, hey, man, you know, maybe you should get some spice and just 
get some ladies or something and just have a good holiday. You know, only from like that type of obviousness. And, and of course, episode six, where Jabba Hutt and, you know, Boba Fett are sitting there in his lair. And he's, you know, he's got the Twilight dancers around and everything like that. All those slave girls there. You know, it's it's like, you know, this stuff is in here. This, this darkness, this deep city, underworld type of vibe. But... That's the beautiful of, of this show. The beauty of the show is revealing all of the darkness that the Empire has and ultimately the grip that it has influencing the rest of the galaxy. The inner core planets, the mid-rim, the outer rim, uncharted space. And I feel like the darkness of the Empire is something that we don't get to see a lot of in Star Wars unless you read the expanded universe, unless you, read, unless you play the video games. There really isn't much to see what exactly happens inside the Empire, and Cassian Andor series is giving you that. You see what happens to him. And then his story arc is absolutely insane of, of who he is. I mean, Cassian may not even be his like real name. His, I mean, was made, his name is Cassian, or, or I don't know, maybe it is Cassian, who knows, but it's insane to see where he has come from in this time and his story, because we're not sure if his name is actually real. I mean, yes, his, his sister is saying Cassa. His name is Cassian. Maybe his first name, his last name, I'm not sure. The whole area that he's from, the whole planet, it's like a Lords of the Flies situation. Did they crash? Were they abandoned? There, is, there isn't a single adult from this planet. And if you are watching the episodes, go back and watch. You see that the kids actually have like yellow and green and they're, they're, it's like an, an orange. It's, they're very weird how they're color coded. And, and like, it was almost as if like the guys were one color and the girls were one color or a certain age uh, or a branch or a clan. I don't know what it was, but it was very intriguing. And you go back and watch and the interest in what has actually happened here is just peaking, honestly. Like, every single time, it's an infinite loop of me trying to figure out what it is, and it's insane. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how important those episodes are going to be when we go back and watch them in Season 1 and Season 2 or the episodes later. You know, but we ha we're going to be on the fourth episode here, and I'm hearing whispers about how important the next episode is. The tempo is going to change, and if you thought 3 was crazy, 4 is going to be better. And I don't think that the show has been, like, insane, crazy. No, no, no. I thought the first two episodes were very, very slow. And as you guys know, majority, mainly, I'm a reactor. And staying up for this series, releasing right at 3 a.m. for all three of those episodes, uh, I got tired. In fact, I went to bed uh, just because the pace was so very different. Uh, the views all across the spectrum for any Star Wars creators that were watching it was very low. Does that mean there isn't an interest in Andor? No. It's just probably because all three of those episodes released all at once, and I don't think it was something where a lot of people really want to see the reaction to some people. I think this is more so of, like, people want to find out the details, people want to find out the Easter eggs, people want to see how to impress their friends, which is usually why people watch those videos in the first place. But man... I do believe that the show is going to test people. It's it's really going to make them feel whether or not how much they love Star Wars, how much they really want to get fixated inside this universe. And Marvel very clearly has set the tone for how many different versions of the shows that they're going to have for all their different characters. Star Wars is still trying to compete with that, trying to get to that point. I don't think it's at that point yet. Maybe in the future it will be. But there's a lot of shows that I feel like Star Wars just... Uh, 
has that that are that interest so many characters. It's 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 taking it out of a space or a piece of the universe that everybody likes. This is very different. There isn't a single lightsaber in this show. I don't think there's going to be any type of force in this show. It's it's very on its own, separated from everything else. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter what you look at. I mean, even the Book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian have Luke Skywalker, Ahsoka Tano, you know, and now Din Djarin with, of course, his dark saber. You know, there's, so there's different types of elements that a lot of the casual fan base can kind of like and use that as as I don't I don't want to say an excuse, but yes, an excuse to continue watching. And of course, they're already at the very least attached to Din Djarin now, but Cassian Andor and this entire Andor series, I feel like it's going to take a while for people to really get more invested into this show just because it's very, it's something new. But I see that a lot of people like this new, this whole entire style, this whole entire story, and I think that we could be going on a whole different type of direction here that's really good for Star Wars and extremely fresh. Like, I'm talking about a plethora of new ideas, new characters, all original. Yes, of course, there's the Catalyst book. Yes, of course, there's Rogue One. And there's so many other different versions uh, with Jin Erso and, uh, of course, uh, so many other characters that are around this area, man. But god dang, fam. I don't know where this is going to go, uh, and I can't wait for this next episode. I, I do want to see where exactly this story is going to take us. Is Andor going to go straight into helping these rebel cells out into create the creation of the rebellion? Because that's, of course, where he is at in, in uh, Rogue One, where he meets Jin or so. So it's going to be crazy, fam. It's there's a lot going on here. The sound design was impeccable. I don't know who's working on this show, but somebody needs to make them a part of every single Star Wars creation, man. Every single Star Wars creation. It is insane how the level of dynamic sound was in this. Like, I'm talking about every single thing was dynamic. Like, when Cassian is talking, um, and he's giving the, uh, the, you know, the guy that I can't remember, Luther, I can't remember, the main guy, Cassian Andar, uh, and he's, I can't, I can't remember his name right now, um, and he's giving him the, uh, the whole, the whole spiel that he gave him, they're, like, they're inside that area, and they're talking, and, like, I can hear the chains, I can hear the reverberations inside the entire cell, the cell block that they're in, you know, the, the hangar, it's insane, dude, like, I, I cannot find another way outside that just absolutely makes me feel a certain way and insane because I can't I can't imagine the level of sound engineering that went into this to make and it's it's not just that though it's not just that scene it's the entire episode the way they move things they they touch certain cloth and they're moving around like every single piece of this show feels original and unused before and I don't know maybe it's not but it's very different from Star Wars and I would love to see this level of quality put in every single Star Wars show. Like, I, I watch this show, and then I go back to watch Kenobi, and I love the last three episodes of Kenobi so much. But I do feel like, when I watch this show, this show makes Kenobi's production look like a joke. Honestly, it really does. I love Kenobi, you know, I, I, like, I know what I'm saying here, I understand how a lot of people really enjoy Kenobi, um, but it, it definitely has its critiques, but I feel like Andor makes a lot of these shows look like a joke in terms of production, man.
and I hope that we see that level of Star Wars uh, continue on because uh, that's one of my critiques too that I have for a lot of the Star Wars shows is oftentimes I feel like they don't look like movies. Yeah, they look great. They're not bad at all, man, especially with the Mandalorian sets that I love seeing. But Andor? Oh, man, and the CGI? Oh, my gosh, fam. No way, dude. It looks amazing. And I can't believe we're only three episodes in the first day, the first week. We're going to have one more. And, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to see how far we go, fam. But I, I definitely want to talk to you about this. We have, of course, the one and only James Earl Jones retiring from Darth Vader. Officially. Like, he is officially retired you know I had it's, it's kind of sad I remember I was I was actually sitting um, on the couch and and I got the the notification on Twitter when I saw it and I was big sad y'all like I was super big sad it's it's one thing where I feel like it's the end of an era you know because he's, he's he's 91 and honestly I'm so glad that he has retired so he just can relax you know and just live out his life but I know that there's a lot of people that are upset that he, you know, signed officially to be okay with, like, them kind of re-engineering his voice and, so he can have that voice for the rest of his life. Uh, we can have Darth Vader's be that voice, you know, forever like that. I don't have an issue with that. I'm not sure why there's a lot of people that that are on this bandwagon now where they don't like that. I think maybe it was Luke Skywalker or something, but yeah, you know what, dude? I don't, I don't care, man. It's it's beautiful. It, like let it go, like just let it let it let it be a thing, you know. There's nothing wrong with it. Like we're we're literally having Darth Vader be Darth Vader forever, and it doesn't have to be just shows. It can be movies. It can be video games. Like he's a he's immortalized. That's the greatest thing that we need for for Darth Vader. You know, this he's gonna live on forever now, and, and it's a beautiful thing. I am sad though because. The cast is old, and the cast is getting older. They're not getting any younger, you know? So, sooner or later, you know, a lot of these people are they're going to retire from acting. You know, Harrison is up there. Mark Hamill is up there, you know? Uh, and it's just sad to see that. It's it's there, it's it's really sad. Um, <laughs> there's, there's no easy way to talk about it, because at the end of the day, like, these are the greatest characters that we have. Um, and it's a big sad fam. Uh, I, I, I hope that we get to see more Darth Vader. I hope nothing stops the engineering. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, all I can say is that I'm sad. <laughs> uh, it really stinks. It really stinks that it's it's come to this point now that we're here. Um, but at the end of the day, man, I'm just happy that this was even allowed because I feel like there's so many characters these days. There's actors that get in the way of something like this happening uh, where someone is recast and they have an issue with it or they don't really appreciate uh, someone not uh, understanding the tribute and the homage to what was done before them in the previous generation. And I feel like this is the correct way to add that tribute and have the respect for what came before them because at the end of the day like do i think someone else should be darth vader's voice ah i mean like maybe yeah sure you know new generation always needs something but at the end of the day too i can only think of one voice for darth vader and that's james earl jones and i and i'm not sure 
if anyone else could do that. So I, at the very least, appreciate what they're trying to do with Recreate It with this program and this engineering because that's that also gives people opportunities. And I feel like that's what not just like ILM is about, right? But also like Star Wars. You know, Star Wars, I feel like, is supposed to really inspire people to make this technology and, and do some crazy things never never done before in movies. But, you know, it's really the age of TV uh, and streaming. And why not do that, too? Uh, I don't know how many projects are out there for all these shows and everything and what the technology is and who's actually breaking, you know, breaking the mold and improving stuff, evolving technology. But I think this is the this is the best thing this is the best way to do it this is a fantastic choice and i can't wait to see what's going to happen because i feel like with kenobi showed us that there's a lot of opportunity for darth vader hayden christensen is back as well who knows what can be done who knows as long as people want to be the, the you know the stunt bodies and and uh, the body doubles and things like that and there's always opportunity to put these characters inside why not continue to make it i talked about that with kenobi before with Hayden Christensen coming back, you know, there's opportunity here. Make these stories, put them in Ahsoka, and just do, just go ham. Why not? You know, I I can't wait to see it, and I and I hope we get more of it. But that's gonna be all for me today. Very short, very chill podcast today. I'm also at very low energy. But next week, we're going to talk about a lot. I still have the vlog coming up for where I have been. And, of course, um, we want to make this movie, excuse me, I want to make this video on uh, Andor because I have a lot of stuff to say in this certain video uh, because I've seen a very small amount of people who don't like Andor, and I think they don't like it for the wrong reasons. And I want to do my best to see... Uh, to point them into light where what I am showing them, what I think, why why I feel like it's so special. But I appreciate you all. It's always fantastic to see you all come down to the one and only Dark Temple, visited by Mira Jade, Luke Skywalker, and Kyle Katarn, and so many of the Force Sensitives like yourself. I am Lord Dagavir. I'll see you around, fam. Deuces.